Welcome again to the God's Word, Our Great Heritage Podcast. Last week we looked at Mark chapter 10 through verse 31. But there was so much to cover in in just 15 to 20 minutes. I, I thought I covered that account of Jesus and the rich young ruler a little too quickly. So, with your permission, I thought we might go back and look at just verses 17 through 28 again. Let's start with prayer. Lord, your word shows me that I cannot possibly save myself from the death and destruction I've earned. Help me always to cling to your cross as the covering for my sins and to boast in the perfect life of your obedience lived in my place. These are my salvation. And then, Lord, help me in thankful response to share the earthly wealth you have given me with those you have placed around me. Amen. Verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I mentioned last week that if you were to do a man-on-the-street interview and ask a number of people how they hoped to get to heaven, the vast majority of them and I have tried this in the neighborhoods around our church, the vast majority would say, by being good. I also shared that a few years ago, Warren Buffett announced he would donate 85% of his $44 billion to charity. Buffett said at the time, there is more than one way to get to heaven, but this is a great way. Mr. Buffett feels that the way to get to heaven is by being good. Not unlike the rich young man in the reading before us. He asked Jesus, what good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, is that right? Are you going to get to heaven by being good? And the answer is yes. When the psalmist David wrote, you are not a God who takes pleasure in evil. With you, the wicked cannot dwell. That's Psalm 5 verse 4. David was very clearly saying that bad people i.e. sinners, cannot dwell with God. Only the good can dwell with him. But you see, that raises a very troubling question, a question every serious person should be asking. How good is good enough? Maybe that's the question that brings this rich young man to Jesus, because he certainly is a serious young man. He literally runs up to Jesus and kneels down in front of him. Now, rich men didn't kneel down in front of too many people. Clearly, this man is acknowledging Jesus as his superior when he he kneels down and addresses him as good teacher. Jesus replies, verse 18, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. Does Jesus' reply seem a little, I don't know, callous to you? Why do you call me good? But notice what Jesus is doing here. Remember the question that we need to be asking. 
how good is good enough? Well, Jesus is stating the answer right here. There is only one who is good at all, and that is God. So maybe we need to be asking a different question like, how can a bad person like me be saved? And why? Why does Jesus point this man to the commandments instead of to his cross? Well, remember the man's question. What must I do? As long as this man thinks gaining heaven is a matter of him doing something, he is lost. So Jesus is going to help him see that he can't do enough good. You want to earn heaven by keeping the commandments, Jesus is saying? Then keep them. All of them, all of the time. The man responds, verse 20. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus, I've lived a pretty exemplary life. I've committed no crimes. I've refrained from killing my neighbor, although there were days. Or cheating on my wife. Not that it hasn't crossed my mind. I didn't rip anybody off. I've taken good care of mom and dad. I've done all that. I have taken all these commandments seriously since I was a little boy. Now let's be clear about something here. This guy is a good man in the eyes of his peers. He is a serious-minded young man. He's not out partying and drinking and womanizing. He probably lettered in three sports and made the honor roll. He goes to church. He's an elder, in fact. He's well off financially. And all of this while he's still young. In other words, his mom is proud. And if you had a daughter, you'd probably want her to marry this guy. But clearly, there is doubt in the back of his mind. And it is that doubt, that question, that has apparently brought him to Jesus. How do I know I have been good enough, done enough, to earn heaven? Jesus, I have been a good person. I don't need much help. But could you tell me one more thing I could do to kind of put me over the top with God, if you know what I mean? Again, back to our earlier question. How good is good enough for eternal life? I mean, what, what are we talking here? Do I just have to bring out, beat out Genghis Khan and Adolf Hitler? Or are we talking Mother Teresa and Billy Graham kind of good? God, if I keep your commandments 51% of the time, will you be satisfied with that? Think about it. Try saying to your spouse, Honey, I'm faithful to you 81% of the time. Would your spouse be okay with that? Well, then why would we ever think that God is okay with that? Only the wisdom from God's Word allows us to see ourselves in the mirror of truth, to see ourselves as we really are, we have fallen short of the standard God has set. While we may, and I pray that we do, possess a civic goodness, a good reputation in the community, we are far from good in God's courtroom. That is, good enough to inherit eternal life. Verse 21, Jesus looked at him. And loved him. The word for love here is that kind of love that sees the need of the other person and then acts on that person's behalf to meet that need. It is the kind of love Jesus showed for us in suffering and dying in our place to earn our forgiveness so that we can be good. 
It is the kind of love Jesus showed this young man in telling him the truth about himself, that in and of himself he was not good enough. Verse 21 continues. One thing you lack. Go, sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Does Jesus want all of us to sell everything and give all our money to the poor? No, that wouldn't fit with the rest of Scripture. And nowhere does Jesus give this as a general command. What Jesus is doing is giving a specific command to this individual. Why? In order to get to the heart of his problem. The rich young man thought he had kept all the commandments. The truth was, he didn't even keep the first one, fearing, loving, and trusting God above all things. Jesus is asking him, where is your treasure? Is it standing in front of you? Is it me? Or is it behind you, in your home, your wealth, your possessions? What do you love most? What do you count on for your security, for your happiness? And the man's reaction answers the question. Verse 22. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. How good is good enough? The man went away sad because he knew he was not good enough. Jesus now uses this occasion to teach his disciples. Verse 23. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. If a sincere good man like this rich young man was not good enough, well, then who is? And then Jesus shocks them even more by saying, verse 24, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Then it's impossible, Jesus, that no one is good enough. Exactly, Jesus says, verse 27. With man, this is impossible. But not with God. All things are possible with God. You see, Jesus loved this young man, and he loves us so much that he was willing to go to the cross for him and for us. Jesus required this man, and he requires us to give our whole heart to him. This man couldn't do that, and neither can we. So Jesus gave up everything for us. What is impossible for us to do by ourselves, be good enough for heaven, Jesus has done for us. He offers his goodness to count for us. And in him, we become as good as God. The Bible says that in 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin, that's Jesus, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness the goodness of God. You don't earn it. You receive it as a gift. The rich young man went away 
rich but sad today whether there is is cash in your wallet or your home is paid off or your 401k is flush you can go home rich and happy because Jesus is your treasure the one who is sold for 30 pieces of silver to purchase and win you from all sins and from death and from the power of the devil the one who left all the treasures of heaven to pursue you as his treasure. The one who promised you, I will never leave you or forsake you. That one, that one is your great treasure. And so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. All right, next week we'll pick it up as we said we would last week. We'll pick it up with verse 32. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you.